0: friends, I'm Ron Longwell, and I'm glad you're here today for episode two of the Jesus Society podcast. Uh, We started last week with episode one, and uh, we're on an absolute roll here. Second episode, well on our way to being uh, the most popular podcast in the world. (laughs) Probably not. So um, I'm here again today in in my little sunroom, uh, which I... Uh, called last week the spacious, opulent uh, Jesus Society Studios. Um, I'm here again at my desk with my cup of coffee, and uh, I'm uh, glad to talk to you today. Um, we have uh, I I live in Middle Tennessee, and I don't know wh- where you're at. And I don't know if you've had as much rain as we have, but we have we have been under a deluge for weeks now. So I'm uh, getting pretty tired of that. I'm, uh, I've got yard work I need to do um, before things start greening up, and I can't do it. So um, I'm anxious to get past the rain. So anyway, um, today, what I want to, what I think I want to do today, um, I don't think I want to do it. I want to do it. I know I want to do it. Um, I want to c- kind of start unpacking my understanding of. The story of the Bible and the Kingdom of God. This is called the Jesus Society podcast, and I said last week this is my term for uh, the Kingdom of God um, in our world. Um, But that's a like I feel like there's a lot of explanation I need to do about what what that means. Um, So I'm going to probably spend a few weeks, uh, two, three, four weeks, sort of, kind of laying some. Uh, groundwork, um, because here's the thing: everything that that I think we're going to talk about in this podcast um, is going to flow out of kind of a fundamental understanding of who God is and what I think He's trying to do in this world. And and so because that's true, I think it's important to kind of flesh out a little bit about what I think that looks like. So we're going to spend a few weeks. Laying some theological groundwork. This is really, really, really good stuff um, that for many of you may well be something you've never heard before. Shoot, for me, it was stuff I'd never heard until, you know, three, four, five years ago. Um, For a lot of years, even I was in full-time ministry and I didn't get what I'm going to share with you here over the next few weeks. So, this is really important stuff. It's really good stuff. It's it's filled with hope and, and joy and goodness and light and, and love and all kinds of things. So um, I think it'll be really, really, really helpful. And even more than being helpful, I think it will really bless you. So I want to start by uh, going back as, as far as we can start. We want to c- kind of try to get a picture of the kingdom of God as it, as it existed prior to creation. So, obviously, before creation, we don't have a lot of information, right? Um, but obviously, there were only three citizens of the kingdom of God, as far as we know. Maybe some angels, maybe there were some, some other things beyond that. But as far as we know, there were three primary citizens of the kingdom of God before creation, right? Uh, we call them the Trinity, the Godhead, Uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Um, Now, we know, again, almost nothing about what things were like prior to creation. Scripture gives us precious little information on anything before creation. But there's at least one little tantalizing nugget in Jesus' prayer near the end of his life in John chapter 17, verses 21 through 26. So I'm going to read this. If you... If you're in a place where you can pull your Bible out and and read along, uh, that would be great. It would it would bless you. If you're riding in the car or doing something where you can't do that, you can just listen. I'll read it, and then I'm going to kind of pull out some some nuggets in here because I think there's I think there's some important stuff in this prayer of Jesus. So so here it is. Uh, I, and actually, I'm going to start in verse 20. So this is um, John 17, starting in verse 20. We're going to read through verse 26. So Jesus, is, this is his, uh, one of his last prayers uh, before he goes to the cross. And he's praying to the Father. And a lot of things that are really on his heart, re- really important things kind of come out in this prayer. And I'm just going to read a snippet of it in these verses. Jesus is praying for his followers. And he says, starting in verse 20, he says, I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their word. May they all be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. I have given them the glory you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me, so that they may be completely one, that the world may know that you sent me, and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am, so that they will see my glory which you have given me because you loved me before the world's foundation. Righteous Father, the world has not known you. However, I have known you, and they have known that you sent me. I make your name known to them and will continue to make it known, so that the love you have loved me with may be in them and I may be in them. Okay, so there's a, there's a few really neat things in this passage that I think are kind of essential to understanding not only what God had in mind in creating us, but in, in understanding his, um, his meta-purpose, His big-picture idea uh, in the world, what He's trying to accomplish. So, first of all, there's a couple of, couple of little threads in here, and I want to pull on both of them. Jesus prays for unity. Uh, And I would even go a little farther than that, maybe, and say that Jesus is praying for union, for intimacy. And he prays that, he asks God for that in almost every single verse of the passage we just read. Sometimes when you read scripture, uh, it can seem a little bit repetitive. Uh, You know, we we live in America where we're kind of a, a straight, straight, we're straight line thinkers, Right. Just say what you're going to say and get get done with it. People in the ancient Near East didn't operate that way, and they don't operate that way today. Um, they, they were not afraid of saying things several times. I sometimes get accused of saying um, in uh, in 20 words what I could easily say in two. Um, you'll hear some of that in this podcast, no doubt. Uh, it's it's I am what I am in that regard, but. Oftentimes in Scripture, when you see things repeated, or things that sound repeated, um, they're there. It's repeated because it's important. They would do that to draw emphasis on something, right? So, the the passage I just read it. There's there's a lot of what sounds like repetition. Jesus is saying the same thing again and again and again, or similar things. That's because it's really, really important. So he, he's, he talks again and again and again in that passage about unity, okay? Um, intimacy, union. Uh, in verse 21, he says, he prays that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you. In other words, the same kind of union that you and I have, Father, I want them to experience, okay? Okay. He restates that again in verse 22. He says, so that they may be one as we are one. In verse 23, he says, I am in them and you are in me, so that they may be made completely one. Okay, sensing a theme here. In Verse 24, he says, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. So in one of Jesus' last prayers before he goes to the cross, he's praying for intimacy and unity, not just among his followers, but between his followers and him, and between his followers and the Father. So Father, Son, followers, all in this, in this union, okay? So there's one other thread in this passage that I want to tug on a bit, and that's the idea of love. In verse 23 he says that this this unity and intimacy that he's praying for has a purpose so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me okay so unity testifies to the love of God for the world in verse 24 Jesus talks about the glory that God gave him because he says you loved me before the world's foundation so here He gives us just a little glimpse into life before creation. And the one word he chooses to characterize life in the Trinity before creation is love. So he says, this love that you had for me, I want them to experience. I want my followers to experience as well. And then in verse 26, he says that he has made the Father's name known so that, again, The love you have loved me with may be in them, and I may be in them. So let me try to bring all this together. We're given kind of a glimpse here, and it's just a glimpse. It's just a glimpse of the common life of the Father and Son before the act of creation, before the cosmos existed. There existed a community of of a perfect love, and the the word for love there is, if you're if you've been around Christianity and the Bible and the church, you've heard this word agape. the The New Testament was written in Greek. The Greeks had three words for love. The greatest and best of those is agape. Agape is self-giving love. It is a love that is not dependent on whether or not it's reciprocated. Okay, um, that's the word he uses here. Okay, um, there's this community of perfect. Agape, self-giving, self-sacrificing love, which the Father and Son shared prior to creation. And God is a community of love because God is love. Um, God is agape. John will say in his letter, 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, and that loving community is one of perfect unity. Okay. That's what Jesus is describing here. Okay. And so shortly before he gives his life for the world, the thing that is most on his heart, the thing that he prays again and again, is that his followers be absorbed into this beautiful, holy community of perfect love and perfect unity. So, we might ask, what does perfect love look like? Well, that's the subject of another podcast. We'll, we'll, we're going to flesh that out much later. But I bet if I asked you to think about what imperfect love looks like, I bet we would all have something to say, right? Because we've, we've all seen it. Um, we've all experienced it. Um, my wife and I recently watched um, the, the, the Elton John movie, Rocket Man. Maybe you've seen it. Um, who doesn't love love? Elton John's music, um, one of the one of the the premier artists of, of our time, right? Classic, classic, brilliant, brilliant songs um, from a brilliant musician. But if you if you saw that movie, and, and the reaction that I had when I saw it, it it almost broke my heart. Here is this guy, who his whole life, from the time he was a kid, just wanted to be loved. And he grew up in a very dysfunctional family, and he didn't get that from his father. He didn't get much of it from his mother, according to the way the movie portrayed it. And I believe that's probably accurate. Elton John had some, as I understand it, had some creative rights in the way the movie played out. He was executive producer or something. So he had some, so from his perspective, he, the the, the guy, his whole life, just, just wanted somebody to love him. And the way that that came out in his life was was dysfunctional, which happens all the time, right? Um, but my heart kind of broke for the guy. You know, the, the, the love that he was supposed to have got from his parents, like all parents are supposed to give to their kids, he didn't get. And not only did he not get it, he got something... Worse, different, much, a much poorer reflection of that. Well, we, if, if every one of us told our own stories, we could, we could all tell stories of horror at one level or another, of the people that we have encountered in our lives that had a twisted, mutated conception of love. Um, it, it we're all broken because of it um, we know what imperfect love looks like we know about love that is manipulative um, love that does seek its own right Paul will talk about in 1 Corinthians 13 what love looks like right and it's this beautiful picture of love um each one of those characteristics has a flip side, and we've seen that in our world. Everywhere we look, we see it. A lot of us have experienced it. Um, if you want to see kind of a dramatic visualization of, of perfect love, as, as, as perfect as we have the ability to conceive it, right, um, I would say read the book or watch the movie The Shack. Some of you have seen that. Some of you have read the book. Um, the book is better. Books are always better than movies, but the movie is pretty darn good. But if you if you read the book or you watch the movie and just watch how the Father, the Son, and the Spirit interact with each other, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. There is there is love. There is deference. There is kindness. There is nobody nobody trying to run over the other everybody calling out the very best in the in the other part it's just beautiful and that in the story that is the way that they treat mac and he gets to experience some of that too anyway i don't know of a of a dramatic representation of perfect love in our modern world that's better than that so you could look at that and 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 get at least a you know it's human made so it's flawed but it's a pretty decent picture. But this is important in in our passage here in John 17. Jesus' prayer points us to the fact that this, this perfect love that the Father and Son shared was redemptive. It was redemptive. In verse 26, Jesus promised His Father that He would continue to make the Father known to His disciples so that the love you have loved me with may be in them. So according to Jesus' prayer, according to Jesus' prayer, the intent of redemption is to bring this this fallen world that we live in into the orbit of God's agape loving community where just as the Father lives in the Son and the Son lives in the Father, God's people may dwell in them and they in God. Okay? So, so the intent of redemption is to bring people into that orbit, to absorb them into the love of God. Now here's the big, big point in all this. Why did God create man in the first place? Ever wondered that? Some people might suggest that God was lonely, and, you know, he needed a companion, you know, much in the way we, we buy a dog, you know, to, for our benefit, you know. Or some people, heaven forbid, have kids because they need something, right? So we might be tempted to think God was lonely. Not the case at all. God existed, Father, Son, and Spirit, in this perfect, perfect community of love and holiness and blessing and kindness and goodness and all that. So why create man? Why bother to to create other beings? God did that to share the kingdom of God, which is characterized by by this agape love, this perfect unity, to share that with someone else. What, What Father and Son and Spirit enjoyed before the foundation of the world was simply too good not to share. Get that? What they enjoyed in this beautiful community of love was too good not to share. So they created people to share it with. So you see, God created you. God created you so that he could love you. And he created you with the intent that you experience the fullness of his love in community with Him and with others. He created me that way. He created your neighbor that way. He created every single one of us with made in him His image, designed to live in community with Him, to experience the full-on blessing of a love that is not manipulative, that is not um, selfish, that is perfect and beautiful and holy and he created you with the experience that you would with, with the idea that you would experience that okay so we've got to start with that like that is a that is a bedrock concept i feel like that we need to we need to sort of have as a as kind of a filter in our lives okay so anything that we see god doing or not doing after creation has to be filtered through that understanding. Anything we read in scripture has got to be filtered through the understanding of God is trying to create a a, a community of people through whom he can share his love with the rest of the world, okay? Because if we aren't really clear about what God is trying to accomplish in creation in this world as it exists even today, if we aren't really clear about what God's trying to do, We're going to misconstrue a lot of what comes after that. So everything that God has done or is doing in the world has the goal of bringing this fallen world into this beautiful, loving community that we know as the kingdom of God. Okay? Now I mentioned that we're in a fallen world. Okay? We're going to talk about the nature. What what does that mean? What does it mean to be in a fallen world? And how does that all fit into this? But we've got to to understand, before we even get to that, we've got to understand that everything God has done or is doing has as its goal, as its purpose of bringing all of mankind into this beautiful, loving community. Now, that journey, as as we weave our way through Scripture, the story of man, the story of God, that's going to take a lot of twists and turns as we move through the Old Testament into the New. Um, Some of the the high points of that we're gonna flesh out a little bit in in the weeks to come here. But that is always the direction God is moving. That is always his intent. And again, everything we see has to be filtered through that or we'll get grossly off course in trying to understand what's going on in this world, okay? God created you and me so that he could love us, so that he could share his life with us, so that he could be part of us, and we could be part of him. And with that, I wanna thank you for joining us today. We plan to produce a new episode again once a week, every week, so I hope you'll subscribe. Um, As far as I know, we are now live on iTunes and um, Stitcher and Google Play, and I think iHeartRadio, if it's not there, if it's not yet on iHeart, it, it will get there. I'm still waiting for approval, I think, from them. Uh, Spotify, we're, we're, we're live on. So pretty much all the big places where people get podcasts, we're, we're there already. So please, please subscribe. And uh, we'd appreciate it if you tell others about the podcast. If you enjoy the show, please rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcast. any of those places. Thanks for listening. And I hope you'll be back. And remember... You are greatly loved.